What's going on, Bills Mafia? Welcome back to another edition of The Final Drive. I am your host, Nate Castle. It has been quite some time since the last time we spoke to each other. Actually, the last time that this podcast aired was before the 2020 season began, and we all know how that season played out for our Buffalo Bills. They went 13-3 and in the regular season. They won two playoff games and made it all the way to the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And part of the reason that I did not have any podcast during last season was because, frankly, it was the first time in my adult life that the Bills have been legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And I didn't want to have to look at that season or analyze that season from anything other than just being a pure fan of the game and a pure fan of what our team put out on the field. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. But we are back for the 2021 season. And in this episode, we are going to start talking about some of the position battles that are going on right now in training camp and will continue to go on throughout the preseason. And the ones that I am looking forward to the most, the ones I find the most intriguing and what that could possibly mean for what will be a future episode, but will be involved with what my projections and predictions will be for the 53-man roster right before the regular season begins after all of the cutdowns have taken place. So without further ado, let's get into some of these position battles. Now, the Bills retained 21 of 22 starters this season. The only player that was considered a starter last year for the Bills that is no longer with them is John Brown. He signed with the Las Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders. Now, he was replaced by Emmanuel Sanders, who led the Saints in receiving last year. And in a lot of aspects, I think that Emmanuel Sanders is an upgrade over John Brown, and I'm excited to see what he's able to do with this offense. As some of you may know, Emmanuel Sanders also attended SMU, the same time that Cole Beasley did. And I think that this is going to open up some opportunities for Brian Dable to have both of them play in the slot, which is something that we did not stereotypically or necessarily see John Brown do. He was more of uh, that burner receiver. He did have quite a bit of a route tree, more so than a lot of people gave him credit for. But the way that Emmanuel Sanders is going to be able to open up this offense and some of the things that he does really well really fits Josh Allen. And I think that that's going to be a great opportunity to uh, you know, add some more wrinkles to this playbook as opposed to what we saw even last year. And obviously Brian Dable did a great job with the offense last year as well. So the first position battle I actually want to get into, let's start, with, let's start there, the receivers. So with the addition of Emmanuel Sanders, we can assume that he's going to be a roster lock. And again, I'm not going to get in too much to who I think is going to make the team and who's not, but... In the past, the Bills have kept six receivers. In McDermott's tenure with the Bills, they've had six receivers. Well, if you consider the top four being Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, and Gabe Davis, that leaves two spots available if they were to keep six again. Now, the reports out of camp have been that Isaiah McKenzie has looked stellar. In fact, Matt Perino from the New York Up and Syracuse.com went on to say that he thinks that Cole Beasley is the best slot receiver in the league. And if Cole Beasley is 1A, then this training camp and in this preseason, Isaiah McKenzie has been 1B. And that is some extremely high praise for what McKenzie has been able to do for the Bills. 
especially considering where he was when he came over from Denver. So also, additionally, if McKenzie is able to lock up or able to be the starter for kick returns and punt returns, if he's the player that the Bills trust to handle that role, that's just going to make him more invaluable to this team and essentially locking him into that fifth spot. So if that's the case, then that would leave one spot for the Buffalo Bills this season at the receiver position. And that position could be held by Jake Kumaro. It could be held by Isaiah Hodgins, who was on IR last year. It could be held by Marquez Stevenson, the draft pick from this year. Or it could be a sleeper like someone like Brandon Powell. So that is extremely interesting. I think the top five spots are locked up if you consider Isaiah McKenzie a lock. And that sixth spot, it's really going to come down to who performs well the rest of this training camp, the rest of this preseason. But whoever that is, the Bills undoubtedly will have one of the deepest receiving groups in the NFL. Another position battle I'm looking forward to is with the running backs. Now, Brian Dable has come out and already said he does not expect any of our running backs to be what you would call a bell cow. It's really going to be something similar to what the 49ers have been known to do and just ride the hot hand. And I think that's a good approach. With that being said, last year to begin the season, Devin Singletary was 1A and Zach Moss was 1B. As the season progressed, we saw Zach Moss kind of make his way into that 1A role. And that was before he got hurt in the playoffs. And additionally, he had a couple other injuries throughout the year as well with his turf toe, which he's actually communicated and talked about on some various podcasts as well and how that affected his season to the point where he didn't even know what shoe to wear before game started. So it'll be interesting to see with him now healthy how the Bills approach who starts on game days at running back on that first handoff of the game. But as of right now, I still consider Devin Singletary 1A, Zach Moss 1B, someone that the Bills have added this year and something that was lacking from the running back group last year was Matt Burita. Matt Burita brings a speed element to this team that neither Devin Singletary nor Zach Moss have. And I think that makes him extremely valuable. Again, just like with Emmanuel Sanders in the passing game, I think this opens up some opportunities for Brian Dable to expand uh, what he does in the run game as well. And I think that's extremely interesting and it's going to be quite fun to see him on game days, assuming that he would be active. Now, if you assume those are the top three running backs, the Bills have kept four in the past. That fourth running back, as of right now, I believe is Taiwan Jones, just because of his special teams abilities. Uh, He's trusted in a locker room. He's a leader. And again, he plays a lot of special team snaps. Now, if someone like Antonio Williams, who, if you recall, in Week 17 against the Miami Dolphins last year, rushed for two touchdowns in his only game action, If he were to creep onto this roster, I personally would be pretty excited. I'm not sure if he would be the special teams player that Taiwan Jones is, but having an additional player that you can actually have on your offense that offers some abilities that Taiwan Jones doesn't, I mean, that's something that the Bills are going to have to consider. They're going to have a lot of tough decisions to make when this preseason is over, and one of them is going to be whether you keep Taiwan Jones or Antonio Williams. So I'm excited to see 
who the Bills keep as their running backs, and moving forward even so, who is active on game days. But we'll get into that at a later date. Another position that I don't think people are really talking about, um, but I find it interesting, is at the quarterback spot. Now, obviously Josh Allen is your quarterback one. I mean, the guy was second in MVP voting last year, had 46 touchdowns, broke a ton of Bills' single-season records. I mean, the guy did it all. Uh, I mean, I think a good and strong argument can be made that he was the most valuable player last year, especially to his team. With that being said, last year the Bills had three quarterbacks. Their backup quarterback was Matt Barkley, who's no longer with the team. And they have a, had a COVID quarterback who was their fifth-round pick in Jake Fromm. Now, it's to be seen if the Bills plan to do the same this year with the strategy of keeping a third quarterback away from the other members of that group just in case there's an outbreak like what we saw with a few teams last year, most notably with the Denver Broncos, and how they actually had to start a receiver at quarterback just because they had no one else to take that spot. And when you have a team like the Bills who you expect to win a lot of games and make a strong push, something that, like a COVID outbreak, could be detrimental to what the Bills are trying to do. And um, I understood why they kept Jake Fromm on the roster last year. With that being said, even if you kept two quarterbacks, I think there's going to be a lot of hard decisions to be made on whether who makes this team and who doesn't. But when you upgrade the position with a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who... Again, I think a good argument can be made that he's the second-best quarterback at this point in the division. And when you have someone like Josh Allen who you know, puts his body on the line, is going to give you all he's got, put it out there on the line for his teammates and, and the city, and he's going to do everything in his power to win a game, that can get you in some pretty tight and, and scary spots as far as putting your body in positions to where you have the opportunity, or I should say the... Um, disadvantage uh, of getting injured you know we've talked in the past many people have about how Josh sometimes it looks like he's looking for contact he's not the guy that's going to slide the second he sees someone he's going to try and hit you and make you feel his presence and get an additional few yards and that's something that makes Josh Allen Josh Allen but at the same time it's something that when you're a franchise quarterback like Josh Allen is you kind of want him to think twice like hey man you know there's there's the next play um, but with that being said, I think the Bills did a good job of bringing in Mitch Trubisky to fill that role now left and vacated by Matt Barkley. And I think that in a pinch, luckily we won't have to see him, but in a pinch, I think that Mitch Trubisky could be uh, uh, someone that I would have faith in to hold down the quarterback position until Josh Allen was able to return. And at that third spot, which is the competition I was actually referring to with the quarterback spot, if they do end up keeping that third COVID, quote-unquote, quarterback, I think a strong argument, argument can be made that that player should be Davis Webb as opposed to Jake Fromm. I think that Jake Fromm, if you were to cut Jake Fromm, I think you'd have the opportunity to get him back on your practice squad. And if it really came down to it, I would rather have Davis Webb at quarterback than Jake Fromm at this time. So... Seeing if and who the Bills keep as a third quarterback, I think, is an interesting battle at this time during this training camp. Now, moving on to tight end, Dawson Knox is still the starter for the Bills. 
Um, there's a couple things about him this offseason about how he went and went to tight end camp U, you know, TEU, hosted by uh, Travis Kelsey, and how that was beneficial to him. He also went and saw uh, like an eye doctor who helped with his hand-eye coordination. They talked about how that was beneficial to him. Um, and I think he's doing everything in his power to change some of the narrative about him and, and uh, cut out some of the inconsistency that he's had up to this point. Um, and I think that not a lot of people are giving him the credit that they should, and I'm expecting a good season from him, especially when you consider that uh, during the, the latter part of last year, especially into the playoffs, he performed pretty well. Um, I mean, he had a touchdown against the Colts. He had the first touchdown against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I mean, he really started to find his groove uh, when crunch time came, and that's exactly what you want to see out of a young and developing tight end. Now, with that being said, the Bills have added Jacob Hollister to their roster at the tight end position, and they have also will be getting back Tommy Sweeney, who was not able to perform for the Bills last year due to some COVID complications, but he too had some flashes his rookie year in 2019. Now you had all those three players back, and it'll be interesting to see how the tight end position plays out. Again, I believe that Dawson Knox will get the majority of shares, but when you have a guy like Hollister who went to college at Wyoming with Josh Allen and they have that chemistry that's going back, you know, predating years from now, and then you bring in a guy like Tommy Sweeney who, again, uh, was able to make some noise his, his rookie year and to see how he's developed although he hasn't been on the field. It'll be interesting to see you know, how those, those snaps are allotted to those three players, who I believe are the three players competing for roster spots. Now, the offensive line is extremely interesting. So, again, I mentioned earlier the Bills kept 21 of 22 starters. But with that being said, the five starters, if you consider these players your five starting linemen, if you have Deion Dawkins at your left tackle, if you have Cody Ford at your left guard, if you have Mitch Morris at the center position, if you have John Feliciano as your right guard and Daryl Williams as your right tackle, that group of players, while they were all on the roster last year, those five players never took a single snap together last year. So if someone tells you, oh, the Bills offensive line is going to be the exact same, they're wrong. Last year, to begin the season, John Feliciano was not able to participate. He had a torn pec that he was nursing back to health, and he missed some games to begin the year. Now, when he came back, Cody Ford then got injured and missed some games himself, was not able to finish the season. And additionally, Mitch Morse had some issues with um, some some head injuries and, and was held out of the game as well against the Cardinals. So those middle positions on the offensive line being left guard, center, and right guard, they had no consistency last year at all. The two players that were consistent throughout the entire year were your left tackle, Deion Dawkins, and your right tackle, Darrell Williams. But other than that, the other three players switched interchangeably last year. You had Brian Winter start games. You had Ike Botker start games. Um, If the Bills go with the five players that I mentioned as their, their starting offensive linemen, which a lot of people are expecting them to do, if they take a snap to begin week one, it'll be the first snap that they've taken together. And I think that is really interesting when you consider and really encouraging when you consider that 
the Bills never played a single snap last year with their preferred offensive line. I mean, I, I think that's, that's incredible considering, again, the success that they had last year. So some of the battles that I, I think could be interesting with this offensive line is when those injuries happened last year, players like Ike Botker were thrusted into starting roles. And the Bills are all about competition, especially right now. And Cody Ford is coming back from an injury. I don't think he's necessarily 100% just yet. The Bills are still working him in. He was in a red non-contact jersey at one point during this offseason. To just hand him the role and not give players like Ryan Bates or Ike Botker or even your rookies like Spencer Brown or Tommy Doyle the opportunity to earn a spot, I think, is, is something that the Bills wouldn't do. Whoever the starting five is, whether it's the five players I mentioned or a combination of some of the other players I've mentioned, whoever starting on that offensive line will be the best five the Bills believe are on their roster. And I trust McBean to choose those five players, and I expect those five players to perform well. But some of those depth positions I think are extremely interesting. So even if you have those five players as your top five, Again, guys like Spencer Brown, Tommy Doyle, Ryan Bates, where they fit in, I think it would be really interesting. And then when you have guys and veterans like Forrest Lamp or Jamil Douglas or Bobby Hart, can they make a roster spot? Now, I'm not big on Bobby Hart myself, but with Deion Dawkins being on the COVID list as of right now to begin camp, there were reports that Bobby Hart has been the left tackle for the Bills on their first, first team, which I find really interesting. I find that as a liability, to be honest. I do not want Bobby Hart making this roster. But nonetheless, that's where he's been playing. We're now going to transition to the defense and talk about some of the position battles that I find most intriguing on that side of the ball. We'll start with the defensive line. Last year, the Bills... While they had good pressure, the Bills did not produce a lot of sacks from their defensive line in 2020. In fact, the leading sack artist for the Bills last year was A.J. Klein, who, if Tremaine Edmonds and Milano, Matt Milano, had stayed healthy, he would not have seen the field as much as he did. So to have a backup linebacker lead your team in sacks, well, it's a testament to what he was able to do. It's also a... Uh, indicator that your your defensive line did not produce many sacks. Well, the Bills tried to change that this offseason. They brought in with their first two draft picks, Greg Rousseau from Miami and Boogie Basham from Wake Forest. And the reports out of camp have been that both have been playing fairly well and, and making some noise in the early parts of training camp, which is encouraging to hear. They also will be getting back Starla Tulele, who opted out of the 2020 season. He has now returned, and that means that Ed Oliver will now be able to return to his, uh, I believe it's the one-tech spot, that he was not able to occupy as much last season without Starla Tulele's presence. Also, the linebackers are also going to appreciate that. But... That concoction of players, along with some other additions this offseason, like F.A. Obata, I think are going to create more havoc for quarterbacks than what was available to the Bills roster at the defensive line last year. 
and I think the Bills are very excited to see what their new defensive linemen are able to do here in the preseason. And also, when you consider that A.J. Epinesa, this is his first actual training camp, I think that there is a lot of encouragement and a lot of um, things I'm looking forward to seeing with this defensive line in the preseason and then on to the regular season when, with the expectation that they will create more sacks and even more pressure than they did previously in 2020. Now with the linebackers, we talked about them a little bit already. A.J. Klein is back. Obviously, Matt Milano was re-signed. Tremaine Edmonds is back. The Bills play a lot of base nickel defense, so primarily the Bills only have two linebackers on the field. They would prefer those two linebackers to be Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds, so while I don't expect any changes there, we saw last year both of those players play hurt or miss time. And because of that, the Bills made a point and put an emphasis on creating more linebacker depth, which they did with uh, the signing of Terrell Adams. They brought in uh, Joe Giles-Harris from the Jaguars. They re-signed Tyler Medikavich. They obviously uh, still have Tyrell Dodson as well. He's still on the roster. So Leslie Frazier actually said that with his time with the Bills, this has been the deepest linebacker group that he has gotten to work with, which is encouraging. So it'll be interesting to see if the Bills keep four linebackers or five linebackers, who those linebackers are, who is going to be at the depth position for the linebacker spot when Tremaine Edmonds and or Matt Milano are not on the field. Moving on to our cornerbacks. Now, we all know that Trey White is cornerback one. I think that cornerback one, or Trey White, I'm sorry, is cornerback one for the entire NFL. Um, I, I'm not taking a cornerback over Trey. But with that being you know, stated, when you have someone like Trey White who legitimately takes away half the field, your cornerback two is going to get a lot of looks. Levi Wallace was cornerback two for most of last year. Levi Wallace has been re-signed and is still on this roster. Now, I'm sure a lot of Bills fans, including myself, were expecting the Bills to draft and or bring in a cornerback to compete with Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson to see who would be this cornerback to starting as the season began. But at this time, we have that has not been the case. We have not seen... The Bills, you know, falter in their trust of Levi Wallace and or Dane Jackson and believe that one of those two players will be the starting cornerback opposite Trey White. And actually, in my opinion, this is the only position battle the Bills have that is going to be for a starting position. Everybody else is pretty much locked up. Personally, we so we know who Levi Wallace is. We know the type of player he is. He's not going to get beat deep. Um, he's going to keep everything in front of him. He's going to make tackles when he needs to. But there's still a lot to be desired with Levi Wallace. You can, granted, do a lot worse at cornerback two than Levi Wallace, but he's not a superstar. He is not extremely athletic. He can get the job done, which at cornerback two is something that the Bills 
are just asking someone to do. Now, I know a lot of people who are very high on Dane Jackson, the seventh rounder from last year. In his limited time last year, he made some splash plays. He had an interception against Sam Darnold in the Jets. He had a pass breakup against DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone against the Cardinals. It seemed like any time he was on the field, he was around the ball and had a knack for making plays. And because of that, many Bills fans were excited to see what he can do with a, a higher snap count and a starting role. I think right now the Bills are still hoping that Levi Wallace can be that cornerback too. But if Dane Jackson balls out the rest of this training camp and into the preseason and then into the regular season, it's going to not only be hard to obviously keep him on this roster, but it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. And I'm very excited to see how this plays out. At DB as your safeties, obviously you still have Micah Hyde and, and Jordan Poyer. That is not going to change. Those guys do not get the credit that they deserve in this league. They have been playing at an elite level for multiple years. And honestly, no one outside of Buffalo really pays attention to them. They're not mentioned when you're talking about the top safeties in the league. And they both deserve to be. I mean, they are the reason that the Bills' defense has been one of the best teams in McDermott's tenure about limiting large and chunk plays because both of those players are able to read the offense, read the quarterback in a way that just makes things so much harder for the offense to to push the ball down the field. And they allow Leslie Frazier and, and McDermott to run a lot of coverages that they would not be able to do if those two players were not on the fields. And I'm very grateful that they are both still with the Bills, expecting a lot out of them this year. But with that being said, one of my favorite and underrated players is no longer with the team. Dean Marlowe has signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Lions. Well, that's going to open up a spot for some depth at the safety position that was not available in 2020. The Bills went out and drafted DeMar Hamlin. At cornerback, they drafted Rashad Wild Goose. But at safety, they drafted DeMar Hamlin, who uh, some have coined or some believe has the same abilities to be a Dean Marlowe. But that's a lot to expect out of a sixth-round rookie. I mean, last year alone, Dean Marlowe, yes, Justin Zimmer knocked the ball away from Cam Newton to help seal the game. But the guy who picked the ball up and was right there to help seal the win was Dean Marlowe. And he will be missed, but some of the, the reviews out of camp have said that, even coming from Jordan Poyer himself, that Saran Neal has had a great camp. So maybe Saran Neal can fill that depth safety role. Maybe it doesn't have been this DeMar Hamblin rookie draft pick. Or it could be someone like Jaquan Johnson. That will be a, an interesting battle to see who uh, kind of takes over that role and is on the field when Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer are getting some rest. Lastly, and I find this kind of ironic, but we're going to talk about these positions because they don't have any competition. To my knowledge, and I've, I've, I've you know spoken about this with some other members as well of the, the Bills fan base, they can't remember a time when we were in training camp and into the preseason where the Bills had no competition at all for the kicker, puncher, 
nor the long snapper position. Now, the Bills just made Reed Ferguson their long snapper, the highest paid, at the time at least, the highest paid long snapper in the league. So you knew that this job was his. He's been great. And um, while a lot of people don't really think of it as an important role, um, if he doesn't do his job right, you're going to notice. And the, the fact that you don't notice him means that he's doing his job right. Um, additionally, the Bills obviously have Tyler Bass. That first game last year, he was a little shaky to begin the season, but really found you know his groove and came into his own last year, and I'm excited he's still with the Bills. I'm not saying that there should be competition there, but you know we've seen the Bills have competition almost at every spot, every, every year, year-round, and let whoever is the best player, even if everyone knows they're the best player, you still got to earn it. And that's not something we're seeing with any of the specialist spots right now, and I find that quite interesting. Another thing that's interesting to me is Corey Bajorquez, the Bills punter from last year, is no longer with the team. They have signed a punter that previously played for the Miami Dolphins in Matt Hack. Now, the Bills in previous years have had punters get injured, actually tear their ACL in the preseason. So to put all of your trust in these specialists, have them take every kick during practice, every punt during a game, and vice versa, to not have anyone else, even there as what I would consider camp fodder, to not have anyone else in those roles, I I find quite interesting. So the Bills must have a lot of trust in their special teams group right now. And again, I think that they've earned that trust to this point. And, you know, it's just, I just find that interesting that they, they haven't brought anyone else in at this time. But those are some of the positions and position battles that I find most interesting in training camp. Definitely looking forward to the preseason starting. Even more so looking forward to this regular season getting started. We're going to be back on a regular basis again, guys and girls. So if there's any questions you have or any topics or any comments that you know, you want to reach out to me about, please let me know. We'll be having some guests later on as well. I got a couple things lined up that I'm excited about that I'll be sharing with you all. And uh, really looking forward to being back. Really looking forward to this season with the Buffalo Bills. We have high expectations, and I'm, 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 I'm just ready. So without further ado, go Bills, and I will see you guys next time.